Man, that movie was excellent. It really was. Totally blew my expectations away. I know, right? Now I really want to tell everyone about it. But I'm not sure how. Yeah. If only there was a podcast dedicated to reviewing films and discussing the latest news and trailers on upcoming films. That would be nice. Yes, for sure. And we can call it The Senegai Show. <laughs> what? No. It will be called Real Movie Critic Unleashed. Uh, no. How about Senegai featuring Real Movie Critic? Uh, how about the Real Movie Critic and his sidekick, the Senegai? CG and RMC. RMC and CG! The Real Movie Critic versus the Senegai. Only at CertainPOV.com or wherever you get your podcasts. You're going down, critic. Bring it on, guy. Welcome back for another shift on the Geeks Watch. This week we are all back here talking about Disney Plus's Loki episode four, and man, did it have quite the ending! So uh, can't wait to hear what everybody has to say. But as always, we're going to get into our week's watch first. So Elizabeth, what did you watch this week? So this week, I'm I'm only going to mention it because I think. Other people may talk about it. We, I did finish out the Fast and the Furious series as currently available and watched F9. Uh, it is exactly the correct progression in absurdity from F8. So John is shaking his head no, so I'm guessing that means he's not going to talk about it this week. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, so they, again, bring another character back to life. Somebody who died, didn't die. Surprise, surprise. <laughs> it seems to be a great theme. Not, not really a, a spoiler. It's in the trailer. True. And the poster. And then... And, and the poster. poster. And the poster. Um, which, I mean, Han's, Han's my favorite character, so that, that works for me. Because um, there's no way Gal Gadot is going to come back. But Yet. <laughs> yet. <laughs> Oh my god. Um but I was also like really we I'm the people I have a hard time with movies that are like we killed off a character now we have to bring them back and it's like that's bringing them back for like flashbacks is fine but like don't say oh no they didn't die. It's it's a soap opera. <laughs> it's a soap opera. <laughs> it's yeah, it's a car soap opera. Um and then you had John Cena, and it just—I mean, there's there's so much absurdity. I am glad that they didn't have Charlie's Theron's character get a redemption arc, like she remained a bad guy, yes. which was good. Yeah. Um, I think <laughs> they've definitely set her up to remain the bad guy permanently, um, and I'm okay with that. Okay, because uh, you know kidnapping babies and using them as as leverage is just there's a, there's a line there's a line and that's where that line is for me and you've crossed it um but the line moves for family <laughs> <laughs> vin diesel so oh my god i didn't know he was there with you guys wow <laughs> so and then of course like the absurdity level of things you can do with cars just just reached and like I lost I lost them I think in seven six or seven I was I was done I was like no eight was the one we were oh playing. eight okay whichever one where you manage to jump off a falling bus off a cliff and hang on to a spoiler as it whips around yeah, um, that was seven. <laughs> that, okay, that, I was just like that's that's ridiculous. But now they fly, 
but they don't like fly because they've been correctly altered. No, no, we're just going to strap a rocket to a Pontiac and send it into space. Pontiacs are aerodynamic. I mean, is that actually flying? It's floating. There's zero G. Jess, did you watch Hobbs and Shaw by any chance? I did. Yeah, and that one, they they daisy chain cars to a helicopter, if I remember correctly. Way down. Yep. Yeah, it's way down the helicopter. Helicopters fall on their own. This yeah. is true. Yeah, this it would not. True. A helicopter would not be able to handle like one car, maybe two, chain to it. Just, yep. It would lose its balance. Yeah. It's still. You know, and then, and then, of course, you know, they managed to catch, you know, a rope from a destroyed rope bridge and swing a car across a. Zen style. Cars. What? Yeah, cars and style. Yeah. style. Swing it across a. Um, large cavern ravine and swing it around Tarzan style and land and the car's still operable. No, it was destroyed. <laughs> if they didn't die. It, they did not die. They didn't have a scratch on them. Yeah, neither so. of them was wearing a seatbelt in that scene. Yes. Don't you know you put your hand up against the roof. That, that's, that's much <laughs> that's better so than a seatbelt. Yeah. No, so they can, they can do all in. of these things. They can do all these things, but you get the flashback to how Vin Diesel's dad dies and it's because they pulled out a a small plug just a little bit too much and the engine on fire. caught the engine on fire and blows up. Like that, wait, that happened in this movie? So they did a they actual they did an actual flashback in this movie of the death of of Dom Dom Mia and Jacob's father. Really? They had, racetrack. Because yeah. they had to explain why John Cena hadn't been in the last eight movies. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. I'm I'm, st- I'm still over how a car grabs onto a rope. Oh, with its tires. Transformers. That's what I was saying. I was like, <laughs> See, the, the, just like the I car, got this. <laughs> the car is an extension of the driver, and you drive with your heart. <laughs> so, it so was... Confused. It was exactly... I think it was exactly what I expected it to be. <laughs> and just ratcheting... So, I'm a little concerned as to where we go from here. <laughs> Transformers. The ten and yeah. Transformers and, and dinosaurs. dinosaurs. Yep. Transformers and dinosaurs. So does that mean ten we get Transformers and eleven we get Transformers plus dinosaurs? Beast, Beast Wars is coming. So actually, yeah. Beast Wars is you know, coming. in a Hobbs and Shaw, um, the the like tech that uh, Idris Elba was using reminded me so much of like the body suits that they were in the first GI Joe movie. Yeah. And since G.I. Joe is trying to do like an extended universe with some of the other Hasbro properties, mm-hmm. I was thinking Mask. Mask mm-hmm. would be the logical... Like, well, they trend. are making the Mask movie. Yeah, and it, this would be a perfect fit for that. At least a crossover is warranted they because you have work. vehicles that do ridiculous shit. Yeah. They, they have Power <laughs> Rangers. Like, come on. Come on. Common <laughs> writer. Yeah. Just like it's it's okay. Yeah. Hey, let's do it. If we're gonna do yeah. it, yeah. fucking do it. Yeah. Well, and then so as always, there has to be something other than a car, a piece of technology that they use over and over again. And in this one it really bothered Mitch because it was a just a giant magnet <laughs> that was able to like drag a car through a building, but at the same time as they were using it to drive down the street, it was able to zero in on just the telephone wires to take out a, a different car. Wow. It was essentially their days of ex machina in this movie. Like they just used it for everything. It, it was, it was, it was the gravity gun from, from half-life literally. <laughs> yeah. Like that's how they yeah. used it. So, uh, but that was F9. And then we just watched, if I, 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 I got Mitch to go watch into the Heights. Interesting. Ooh. Before Hamilton. Ooh. Yes. I will watch everything before Hamilton, so. Why? It's, it's a, good. A, this weekend of all weekends is when you should be watching that. <laughs> no, yeah. this weekend of all weekends I should watch In the Heights, not Hamilton. <laughs> um, That's okay. We're, it, I got him to watch Into the Heights, so we went to go see Into the Heights. It was excellent. It was, it was exactly what I hoped it would be. Um, made me... <laughs> There's no not into, it, yeah, in. It's okay. But I, I, I like the idea of this crossover, though. This is in keeping with the episode of the pages that'll come out in a month. It's, it's, I haven't had my coffee yet. It's just it's too early for this. Um, 
in the Heights, uh, it was exactly what I wanted it to be. It made me cry. It made me laugh. It was excellent. Uh, so I know Jess has talked about it, but so I'll leave that at that. And that's everything, I think. Both movies are in the theater right now, but you can also watch In the Heights for <laughs> a little bit longer on HBO Max. Mm-hmm. All right, Stephen, what did you watch this week? So this week, I, I kind of got to watch a lot of things, but I think the thing that I'm going to talk about, because no one is talking about it on the internet, is the Netflix anime series, uh, Godzilla Singular Point. Oh. It's really good. It's animated mostly 2D, which is also a massive departure for all of the Netflix anime series. They've been, they were working with that one series that did uh, Knights of Sidonia, Blame, and stuff like that. And they did so much CG, which works for someone, but that someone ain't me. So this one, <laughs> I was really happy to see that they were doing something with this. The last Godzilla series that they had done was this weird future one, and it was also CG. This one's really good in actual plot, plus looks better. Um there, there's there's a lot to like here. It feels like an actual Godzilla movie stretched out to a whole series. Like you get like the like your weird explanation of Godzilla's origin in this new universe, which you expect for something like this. Um, it it features updated kind of stuff for some of the the creatures and characters um, because obviously things grow and change as we get new adaptations of stuff, but. It's really good. If there's anyone who's a fan of Godzilla out there or just likes anime, there's probably going to work for you. So then where does this rate in the progression of uh, Godzilla versus Kong up to Shin Godzilla? Uh, I mean, it leans more towards the idea of Shin Godzilla, but then also has some elements that are a lot slower. But I guess Shin Godzilla is also slow at times, too. It's it, If you like Shin Godzilla, you're going to like this one. Because it's not, like, insane action-heavy the whole time or anything. There's plenty of parts where it's just a conversation between two characters over a digital platform. Like a chat kind of thing. Where they're just giving you a bunch of exposition. I assume it doesn't fall into any particular Godzilla franchise that's already been going or anything like that. It's its own story. Mm-hmm. It's very much its own story. And it's, it's really different in a lot of ways, too. It's it's definitely like it's definitely doing some of the things that Shin Godzilla did. It's got the meta- metamorphosis kind of angle that Shin Godzilla had so heavily. I don't know. I, I I enjoy it. If you're a person who doesn't like Godzilla, also this is a pretty good entry point. It also has Jet Jaguar featured heavily, right. so that's cool. Sounds good. You said that was on Netflix. Yep. All right, Jessica. What did you watch this week? Um. Well, Steven just reminded me that I watched an anime on Netflix a couple weeks ago because I felt like watching a fantasy anime, and it was D.O.T.A. Dragon's Blood. It's oh, more, it's, I think, it's, it's Dota for the, the game. Yeah, Dota. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. I wasn't for sure if it's Dota or D.O.T.A. because I'd never heard of the game before. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it's based off of, I guess, a fantasy series game, and it's about a dragon killer that ends up through almost a dragon heart kind of sort of situation, having to transform into a dragon. And yeah, that's basically it. And then there's <laughs> some really cool female elf characters that I really like. <laughs> it's nothing too complicated, but the animation was really pretty. Mm. The The politics of it was kind of sort of interesting too. And yeah, I, I recommend it. I watched it in like a day, so it's all kind of a blur in my head. So, But... But I really liked it. Um, that's on Netflix. I also finally caught up on My Hero Academia, which is always just a solid, great anime, action anime to watch. And it's fun and the characters are cute and you occasionally cry a bit. But <laughs> <laughs> Every time You Say Run comes on in, in the show, like you just hear the drum track start like tactica, 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 and you're just like, okay, I'm going to cry now. <laughs> like, All right. I guess I'm going to cry. It's great. <laughs> Deku. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's you know, My Hero Academia is popular for a reason. It's I usually don't like popular animes or so I guess it's like it's not a shoju. I guess it is a shoju, isn't it? Shonen? Yeah. 
very much. Or shonen. Thank you. Shonen. Yeah. I don't usually like shonen, but that's that's a shonen I actually quite enjoy and, and watch. And I started watching Bo Burnham's Inside Special on Netflix, and I could not handle watching it. Why? What was it? So there's there's two minds of this on the internet. It sounds like you fall into a different camp than me on this one. I'm curious about what it was that drove you away. Well, I'm okay. And to be fair, it was just at the time easier for me to just listen to it than watch it. But also, it just it felt like you were watching somebody go through COVID in a really bad way. Like after being out of COVID and seeing things and then seeing, oh, this was what it was like for people. You're just like, oh, (laughs) like like this hurts. He just looks so destroyed but then again i i still see the hopeful aspect in it and the fact that this album is great like it's the songs are excellent and facetime with my mom is a jam like a facetime with my mom oh my gosh that that was just uh great and the main reason why i ended up watching it is because people were talking about it on tiktok and using the sounds from it all over TikTok, and I was like, "This is hilarious! What is this from?" And it's from Bo Burnham. So, yeah, I started it on Netflix, and then I went to Spotify to listen to the album because <laughs> I just I couldn't watch him deteriorate in front of my eyes. <laughs> like, <it> just, <laughs> I couldn't. And I think I knew Bo. I think I watched Bo Burnham's like first big special. Was it words? I don't words, think words? I watched anything. I I don't or know. I just okay. remember him being on a stage with a piano like a keyboard and Mm. he was like a young kid it seemed like but like a teenager singing about things they shouldn't sing about but (laughs) um (laughs) um i think i think it was the one that had the song where he talks about being gay or coming out or something i can't remember but or something along the lines of that i cannot remember but um but i really liked the songs of it i liked what they were about i kind of the dark humor of it. I think I can't, I'm, I'm torn between liking the internet song the most or the one, like, I feel like shit song the most. (laughs) The one, the one that I think needs the visual component is the white woman's Instagram song. Cause if you get the visual for that one, it just makes it so much better. I figured I needed to. I was listening to that one and I was like, okay, thank God I'm not a basic white girl on Instagram. Cause I was like, (laughs) I don't do half of these things. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but yeah, um, I just, yeah, that one was a good song, but I, I still think Wake Up in the Morning, Feeling Like a Bag of Shit was like probably my favorite song. <laughs> <laughs> but no, it was, it was really good. I am going to, when I have time, I might try to actually watch it again, but but yeah, um, that's on Netflix and then I listened on Spotify, but I'm sure you can find it on other music apps. Mm. I think that's it. <laughs> okay. Bo Burnham and oh, uh, My Hero Academia and Dota yep. and, and, and Dota. John, what did you watch this week? All right, so I'm going to take it back uh, an extra week because we didn't talk about this for some reason when it first happened. Um, I watched A Quiet Place Part Two. No, and I actually hadn't seen the first one until the night before, so this was like a little double feature for me. Um, it was one of those that I missed for some reason the first time around. It came out in theaters. Uh, I got the invitation to go back to the movies for the first time since Onward. So I was like, hell yeah, I'm going. Um, but I haven't seen the first one yet, so let me get caught up. Uh, so I'm going to treat this as both a double feature, uh, part one and part two for A Quiet Place. Very interesting. Uh, it's very effective. Um, very loud. <laughs> there's a lot of peaks in volume um but there was something about it if it wasn't for the fact that john krasinski was involved and i like emily blunt quite a bit this would feel like just another blumhouse movie um the creature effects the the creature itself which is we find out for sure now it's an alien spoiler um that was only hinted at kind of in the first one. This one, the second, I think the second movie does a really good job of, because it starts off like a prequel in the beginning, you don't even need to see the whole first movie. Mm. You can really just jump into the second movie and get caught up kind of, there'll be some parts that you're like, wait, but what happened to this person? Oh, well, I guess 
given the situation, that must have been what happened. Um, there were some interesting continuity errors, though, because you can clearly see in the sequel at the beginning that shit hits the fan like immediately. But in the first part, um, you still see that newspapers were had been delivered with information about the alien attack, like oh, the it's the sound, you know, and things like that. You can see like and all these different newspapers in the main character's home where I mean, they were clearly. I, I want to say that uh, if we've learned anything from this actual real life pandemic. People will still make minimum wage. People go out to work, even <laughs> if there's aliens attacking. Essential so, workers so, out there, like walking barefoot. <laughs> exactly, having to d- deliver newspapers while aliens are attacking is not game. too surprising anymore. I, that, that's Death Stranding. I played that. <laughs> See, exactly. All right, fair enough. I, I, you're right. This is one of those things like people would say in the past, like you have to avoid it, like the plague. We don't do that. So nope. <laughs> we don't. That saying has to change. Yeah. <laughs> But um, it's it's an effective movie, I have to say. Like it's, it does jump scares right. Um, one of the scariest things actually happened before the movie even began, where it just <laughs> no, fades no, no to black. No one was wearing a mask in the theater, or no, but um, uh, <laughs> like right after the right after the trailers, but before the movie begins, there's a special message from John Krasinski. <laughs> and it just comes out of nowhere, and it's at full volume. And he just goes like, hey, thank you for coming to the movie. <laughs> like, just like in that really overexcited Jim Helpert kind of way, where it's like, <laughs> I like almost dropped whatever I was holding at the time because it just was so jarring. <laughs> and I was like, okay. And then the actual movie begins. And by that point, I'm primed. I'm like ready to go at anything. <laughs> you're, you're, you're on edge already. You're like, okay, yeah, it's <laughs> millions. <laughs> <laughs> it really set the mood for the whole movie. I was just like already just ready to jump at anything. Um but it was good. It was a, a decent movie, not the best thing ever, but a good decent horror movie that doesn't overly rely on pre-existing properties. It's just a simple concept. The logic doesn't always make sense because you're like, well what what is exactly too quiet? Cuz mm-hmm. things happen constantly where you're like okay yeah they should have been caught by now you know like this i don't know the the logic is somewhat lacking we still don't know why these creatures even came here if they're just uh, like you kind of had to fill in the blanks i'm thinking that oh this must be like the pre-invasion like these are the things that other more powerful creatures send to like wipe out the native species and then they can just kind of move in without opposition so these are the, um, the christopher columbus of this universe there you go yes uh they're the exploratory force um so yeah a lot of things are still up in the air it's definitely still open for more sequels because the problem still remains but i like how the solution again spoiler if you don't want to hear jump ahead like two minutes um so if nobody here cares about spoilers um this is something that was revealed in the first movie anyway uh their weakness is the same weakness as the aliens from mars attacks they don't like high frequencies. So it's a common right. one. We we do that one a lot in cinema. <laughs> yeah. Cuz we don't like high frequencies. That's fair. It's just like <laughs> they, they they chose to make that what um oh I forget his name right now. The Venom. The, the well Ven- Venom we did that with um I I forget his, in Beowulf. Oh yeah. No, yeah, that's exactly who it reminded me of. The way that they show Grendel. Yeah. Was thank um, you. Yeah, like his ear drum, his eardrums like like thumping and mm-hmm. stuff in the especially in the more recent version. Um, that's kind of how they demonstrated with these guys too. Like their whole cranium is one giant like eardrum apparently, mm-hmm. and like when when they're exposed to that high frequency, like you could just see it all just getting like irritated and like and them going crazy. What would their evolutionary track be to have that kind of weakness? They can't have come from like a like a like evolving out of water like humans did because as a product of that the way that our ears and our eyes work would not be quite as susceptible to that kind of thing so what the hell what is the pressure like on their planet where this would happen i've got questions john krasinski their their planet might have been well he didn't write it for one but their planet might have been like a one that's complete like completely uh covered in darkness like i don't think they have eyes i think they only track by hearing I mean, that would make sense. 
Yeah. Like, like with, with that, what's the situation where their ears are that like, like I said, like that's susceptible to this kind of attack where they would burst at this kind of thing. Cause then quite honestly, I don't know how they even travel through space. Space, space See, is I quite would, sure, but you're on a ship where there's going to be loud things and the sound doesn't go. Well, the second movie shows that they weren't they didn't travel through a ship. They traveled on a meteor. <laughs> well, we never actually see what we see the flaming ball in the sky in many situations, true. but we never actually see like what they land in. So it could be some kind of ship. I'm thinking like Stephen said, this probably isn't natural evolution. This could have been like engineered by whomever or whatever. Um, and according to this on IMDb, John Krasinski did help write the sequel, not the first one, but he was much more involved creatively in the second one, apparently. Yeah. From the looks of it. And, um, yeah, this movie shows you, uh, like the fact that they cast Cillian Murphy or is it Killian? Killian. Um, Killian Murphy in it. I got huge 28 days later vibes and there were some things straight out of like that movie in this one as well. Now you're making me interested. I love 28 days later. That's actually the origin of uh, my online screen name. That's right. Oh, that's right. Yeah. (laughs) So that was my um, belated week's watch. So I I would definitely recommend these movies. They're very interesting. They're, they're almost too suspenseful. Like, you throw in a baby in there and all of the problems that that can come with, <laughs> and it's just like, my gosh, I can't take this. It's my poor heart. But I will also say, the sequel is also very derivative, because there's a lot of things that happen in the sequel that are essentially, like, updated scenes from the first movie. In many ways, it's kind of like Evil Dead and Evil Dead 2. Yeah. Where, like, one of the climax scenes in the first movie is um, the basement is flooding, in the second movie, they also have a scene where it's like a boiler room that's flooding, almost exactly in the same like timestamps. Basically, it's 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 a lot of uh, derivative stuff. But nevertheless, I mean, I think it's one of those things you only really notice from having watching it like back to back. Really, like if if it had been like when it first came out, hadn't touched it since, and then this one again, it would probably felt fresh still. Hmm. All right. That's a quiet place too, which is in theaters right now, and shortly will be available on Paramount Plus. If I'm for correct. free or to pay for? No, for, for it should be for free. Perfect. <laughs> <laughs> pay for Paramount Plus, though, right? Oh yeah, it's, yes, it's you have to pay for Paramount. But it's oh. not like a premium access, like viewing like uh, stuff on Disney Plus. Mm-hmm. Oh, I, know, right? I didn't. I I, I should have mentioned. I watched Ry- uh, Raya and the Last Dragon. It's good. Oh. It's it's there for free now on Disney Plus. I don't want to take more time because I'm putting it at the end. <laughs> That's okay. Uh, for my week's watch, uh, I want to go over two things. Um, but the first thing I just talked about, well, both of them will be pretty quick because no, but I don't think anybody else watched this stuff. So, uh, if you do have a Premium Plus account, there is a new Mark Wahlberg movie. It's called Infinite, and it is garbage. So do not watch it. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, um, if you ever but, sat there and. And played. I'm sorry. What is your other one going to be? The Chris Pratt movie? No, I, I didn't watch that yet. Okay, because man, what a pair that would have been. <laughs> was it pretty garbage too? That's what I understand. <laughs> okay, I didn't catch the title. What was that second one? The Tomorrow War with Chris Pratt. Oh, I wanted to watch that. You did. Yeah. I like. The I, I want to watch it. It looks. It looks terrible, but I want to watch it. Yeah. <laughs> It looks like it's the movie that uh, J.K. Simmons got all freaking yoked for. No, that's just normal uh, life. He just walks around like that. From all the <laughs> drumming and whiplash? <laughs> well, he's going to play Master Roshi at some point. <laughs> Probably is. Honestly. <laughs> uh, but yeah, Infinite. So it is, it is essentially, let's make Assassin's Creed movie without calling it Assassin's Creed. Um oh. They even go to the point where all of your memory, they, they use the line of all of your memories are stored in every cell of your body kind of thing. Oh. So uh, that's why you reincarnate and at an, at an early age, you you start to have memories of your past lives and then they have to use a machine so that he can extract a lot of the memories that he can't he can't access. They even have yeah. the oh. in there? So 
they, so they don't want that. But yes. Does, does that mean that you can reincarnate, but only within your bloodline? Because then it wouldn't make sense if you're just born like halfway around the world to completely yeah related people. That's what exactly. That's what uh, Assassin's Creed <laughs> goes into. Ezio's supposed to be like of the same bloodline. But yeah, they don't they don't do that in this one. This is uh this is just random people that get uh the memories. So it's it's more Hawkman and Hawkwoman from DC comics than it is oh, okay. uh Assassin's Creed in that aspect. Um but at an early age Mark Wahlberg's character um <laughs> was diagnosed with like bipolar schizophrenia. So they they uh, write off his memories of an earlier life as that and start like giving him medication. And then at another point, he ends up getting into a car accident that it puts a metal plate in his head. So thus it also interferes with accessing any of the memories that he has. Uh, they also really screw up time lines in this, like uh, what, it, what, what should be taking place in what time uh, it, that, that one really like upset me because uh yeah it doesn't it doesn't quite make sense because mark Wahlberg's what mid 40s maybe yeah. close to 50 oh, at this he's point gotta be 50 okay uh yeah there's no way that he is supposed to be the other guy that they show at the beginning of the movie because that would have been taking place about five years before this part of the movie so <laughs> uh it doesn't quite make sense um I could say the best part of the movie for me was Jason Manzukis. his character comes in the movie and is like complete chaos. So he uh, he's a lot of fun. But I was listening to um, I think I was listening to How Did This Get Made where he's talking about it and he doesn't even have a name in the movie for his bigger <laughs> part that he has. He's just called the artisan, which takes us back to last week when we were talking about Tenet <laughs> with yeah, the protagonist. The protagonist. Um, Mitch, does this th- this sounds exactly like it fits in the cinematic universe of what can only be described as like I don't know ham fisted writing B sci fi movies? Uh, it, it feels like it fits right there alongside Push, Jumper, mm. uh, like all of those wanted. Mm, you, you're you're. Yeah, you're not wrong. This is definitely fits in there. I liked Push and Jumper though. Um, I, I just I I would put this one closer to R.I.P.D. I don't oh. know if you watched that one. Ooh. Yeah, Mitch, you, you, yeah, it, you're just you like if you don't have anything nice to say, you're not supposed to say anything. <laughs> <laughs> and, and you know what? I bet you had this been released in theaters, like I'm sure they intended it to do, it would have done a decent amount. It wouldn't have done like. It wouldn't have done Marvel money, and it wouldn't have done Fast and the Furious money, but it definitely would have. It would have done. It would have won its weekend, and because that's the it's it's a big popcorn blockbuster movie. But it, I didn't. I guess just you know watching it by myself in the in the in the living room, I was just. It wasn't enough to keep me not distracted. Like <laughs> I could easily go to my phone and not care. It and there's just like so much about the movie. Just it. It. I don't know if it just doesn't make sense or if it just becomes falls flat for me so i i just i i would say it was it was not a good movie now mitch just because i couldn't let it go i had to look it up mark warwick is indeed exactly 50 years old um not only that we actually have quite a few celebrities like denise richards jeremy renner and regina king who are 50 in 2021 oh look at that i would I would have suspected that Jeremy Renner was older than 50. (laughs) I like Jeremy Renner. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying. You you want to be on that Jeremy Uh, Renner app thing that he had going for a while there? No. (laughs) Especially since he forgot to make it so that uh, pedophiles could get access to children on it. Like, yeah, that's bad. That was a whole subplot on Silicon Valley, too. That's true. It was. (laughs) Uh, my other week, my other week's watch, and like I said, this will probably go much quicker because I'm sure nobody else watched it. Uh, the the final season of Shameless was on Showtime. Uh, it finally finished up, season eleven. Um, Torture <laughs> for someone who hadn't watched any of them. She she watched a couple episodes while I was watching it, and yes, it was torture. It's it is the epitome of just awkward situations and uh, people trying to. Uh, make get by but doing it in the worst ways 
other than killing. Like they steal, but they don't hurt anybody. So that's the only redeeming part of that show. Is it like serious um, sunny in Philly? That's what it sounds like from what you're saying. I guess that's a, that's a good way of putting it because it's not nearly as comedic as always sunny, but uh, there is definitely a lot of comedy in the show. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, I, I liked this last season, but it shows that they were just like, okay, we're done. We're finishing up. However, they still leave a lot of loose ends on the last episode. So I was like, are they, were they not sure if they were getting canceled? Cause they knew that it was their last season going in. So I don't know if they thought maybe they're going to get a spin. Someone's going to get a spinoff or what? They're anticipating the reboot in 20 years. Yeah, 20 I, years. I, I Try four movie. years. I was thinking movie. Uh, there could be, there definitely could be a movie. I could see that happening. But I mean, look at Dexter. Dexter's getting its revival series coming up here from Showtime. And <laughs> it's oh, been... and John Lithgow's coming back as the Trinity Killer. Yep. But Nobody else gets so many to come people back. Were... Just him. Well, so many people were making a big deal about him coming back after he died in the series. But I'm like, so did Dexter's dad, and he saw him all the time. Like, that's the <laughs> whole point of Dexter. He hallucinates the people that he thinks are people that are influential in his life. And the Trinity Code was a huge influence in his life. Like, he thought that was going to be a person that could he could look up to. So, uh, there, there's that. Um, it was unfortunate that they didn't, they didn't get um, Emma... I can't remember the actress's name. The one that Caulfield. played Fiona. No, not Emma Caulfield. <laughs> Um, Rossum, Emma Rossum, or Emmy Rossum, mm. the one that played uh, the one lady in the Dragon Ball Evolution movie. Bulma? Uh, yeah, Bulma. Yeah, Bulma. <laughs> so uh, they couldn't get her to come back as Fiona for the last season, but they did have her in flashbacks, so that was nice. Uh, yeah, last season is on Showtime, and Infinity. Infinite, I'm sorry, is on Paramount Plus, and that is my week's watch. Okay, let's get into Loki. Episode Calling that now, Mitch. I'm ah. oh, sorry, continue. Episode four. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even remember the title of the episode now. The, the Nexus, Nexus event. event. The Nexus event. What are you calling right now, John? Uh, Loki, Sylvie will be the next uh, couple's cosplay. For the next uh, convention circuit, I would like. Um, yeah, <laughs> I would like to note that this episode was like, yeah, no, it's okay. You were supposed to ship it. <laughs> I want. I, okay, I want to talk about this. So it's not. It's not incest, is it? Is it masturbation? Like what? It's, is it's self love? No, it's not. No, it's not. Because here, what it is, they're two different people. Still, they may be a Loki, but they're not. The same person because they have they have the same DNA. Different. Yeah, that that's the problem. Yeah. If 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 they if they have babies, they're gonna have extra special kids. They at least have one different. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I mean, I guess the question is: Is there a single sacred timeline, or is there multiple timelines? There's multiple timelines. We gotta ask those robots at the end. (laughs) God. So, yes, uh, nothing was spoiled for me for this this episode. However, I did keep seeing everybody talk about, there. Are, oh, whoa, I can't believe what happened. I can't believe what happened. So the first thing that I can't believe what happened, which I could believe happened, was the the timekeepers being robots. The, the whole <laughs> don't look behind the curtain moment, like from Wizard of Oz. Uh, actually, before we get into that, John, did you... And maybe anybody else, but John, did you notice that the timekeepers sit in the same like formation that the timekeepers from Bill and Ted's Excellent Adventure sit? I, I didn't make that connection, but I immediately saw all the posts and memes about that. Oh, I didn't see anybody post about that, but yeah, I <laughs> I was like, what? They had to have done that on purpose, right? Like, yeah. Well, did you also notice that directly behind them there was something that looked like a rune similar yeah. to the ones Wanda put up? I did not see that. That I could be why magic one. doesn't work there. Ooh, fair enough. Yeah. So somebody else's magic. Are we gonna get Agatha back? <laughs> Agatha all the time, the whole time, all the time. She's Miss Minutes. Uh, she could be Miss Minutes. Uh, it could it could just be as easily as it's another Loki that cast runes in the in the TVA. Wait, so what, what's the, what's the? I think it would be Loki. funnier if Agatha. I, I honestly, I would like it if she did come back. <laughs> Um, no, uh, wait, what's the the Loki Sylvie ship name? Is it Soki? But what's what's the ship name? That's what I was thinking. 
I like I like silky because it oh, it flows better. off the tongue and it also better. probably feels nice. Silky's better. Yeah, like I'm guessing it'd be silky. <laughs> uh, um, but yeah, so the timekeepers are robots, so they are being controlled by somebody else. Obviously, there is the the real the real boss is on another level, kind of thing. <laughs> yeah, uh, the princess is in another castle. <laughs> that's right. Your princess is in another castle. And then, right after that point, the big shocker moment of the Loki that we've been following, the Tom Hiddleston Loki, being pruned. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was just like, wow. Whoa. I was not expecting that. We're getting rid of Tom Hiddleston of the MCU. I can't believe it. And then we get to the mid credit scene like, well, damn you! Yeah. No, <laughs> the, the post credit sequence was, oops, all Lokis. Yeah. <laughs> Loki charms. Loki charms. That's right. No. That's right. I feel like Mobius was the most shocking for me, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's Mobius right. I forgot about that. that too. Me the most. I was like, was oh no, definitely like, the saddest. <laughs> so, no, as soon as soon as like he was like going to help Loki, I was like, well, he's about to die. <laughs> <laughs> With this one, do we think that the um, this whole Loki survived being pruned kind of thing. And it is in this weird beat up universe. Um, do we think that's where everyone goes when they're pruned or is this just the Loki pruniverse, you know, like, and, and um, <laughs> the second one. Yeah. Right. It's gotta be like, because it's, it's exclusively Loki's over there. It's not yeah. like every time someone gets, gets pruned, they just get greeted by all these Lokis. Yeah. I, I think it's, like what um, Sylvie says, it's the universe trying to fix itself. It's not going to let the TVA prune people. The universe is going to move. Because if you, okay, so if you go, it, to me it reminds me of the, the the thing that Thanos did, the snap. Those people weren't actually gone. They just moved elsewhere, probably the quantum realm, into the universe. I think the universe moved them elsewhere, like like shoving them back into a random file on your hard drive. Just Just sit there for a minute. I made this place for you. You're not going to remember it, but I made this place for you. When you're ready to be re-uploaded, you're there where you were kind of thing. Like like it put pause. I don't know if there's some tech term. There are several possibilities for that kind of idea. So there's like a little partition for the the memory there. Yeah, it's like a random file. There is a a YouTube video that compiles the all of the different moments that we've seen so far having to do with the snap <clears throat> from all the different media in um, the Marvel Universe. And yeah, as soon as people start disappearing, that's the part in Ant-Man where like all these little orbs start to like fill up the space. And he's like, whoa, what's happening? In the quantum realm. Yeah. yeah. Remember that. But that's, I think this is a lot like that. Like just like Thanos couldn't actually get rid of half of every creature in the universe the TVA can't actually get rid of these variants. Not fully. Like, it's it's lost, but it's still there until the universe... Well, I, I think it also goes with that theory that we... Like, are uh, on atomic level, we don't ever actually die. I don't know if any of you actually well, heard like, that are, theory. Are... We just go somewhere else atomically. We're not the same thing, but atomically we go somewhere else. Maybe. I don't know. I'm trying to think of what Dr. Manhattan has a good explanation for that. I don't remember. (laughs) Something about at the atomic level, nothing is different between a living and a dead person. It's like the same atoms exist or something Mm -hmm. like that. Yeah, it's something along the lines of that, basically. Like, you don't ever actually disappear. Yeah, it's, it's, it's that. And I think that's, this is what it's making me think of, like, universal theory, I guess, and multidimensional theory and all that. So yeah, okay. so I think he just hopped into one of those variants that they couldn't shut down off of the main timeline. Or I do think they protect the main timeline, but there are other timelines as well that they haven't been able to get rid of. Been able to get rid of. Mm. I feel like maybe there's something in this one sacred timeline thing that they're trying to do. Because how do you choose one? Um, maybe that's the thing that leads to the existence of whatever being or set of beings are the timekeepers, quote unquote. So they're trying to just maintain that one. The rest of stuff, that's going to happen. But they just want to ensure their own existence. 
<clears throat> also, I heard the best name. I've hated the idea of it being called just the snap for Thanos. Um, any of Wait. the any of the names that have been put out there for the longest time, I've hated. There was one that I heard that I really like. It's just called the Snapture. Okay. Like the Rapture. The what? The what? The Snapture. The like snapture? the Rapture. Uh, the and I think that's good. I don't know. Well, see, no. see, I I prefer the snapping. I'm okay with this one too, as long as it's a pun. <laughs> that's that's what I need. Okay. See, I, I don't know, Mitch. Was the um was there anything else that like in particular with the episode that you needed to talk about? Because I think I think there's definitely a lot of specific parts of the episode that were interesting for long standing implications for the MCU or at least for this series. But Mitch, were there any particular ones that you wanted to talk about? Any happenings in the episode? Um, for the rest of the MCU, see, that's, I guess that's my biggest issue with this uh, series is that there's no tie-ins to the rest of the MCU. Like I, I, and I was talking about this with Elizabeth. It was like, I can't fault the show for not being the show that I created in my head before this, we started watching it. Um, I thought this was going to be more of Loki jumping around through the MCU timeline of what we'd seen and either making changes so that those quote unquote plot holes that we've seen throughout the MCU timeline make sense now, or like he set things correct. Like he made things happen that we didn't know were not supposed to happen kind of thing. It's going to be interstellar. <laughs> it was going to be interstellar. It was going to be quantum leap. It was going to be. Uh, a whole bunch of other things, but I mean, it's not what this ended. This is a show about Loki. It's literally just about him and having to work through his his stuff. It's a show about that, certainly, but also the thing to ease anyone else who wouldn't be along for the ride into the idea of a multiverse. Fair, yeah. yes, because that that's that's the thing that it's going to work towards for the rest of the MCU. Because that is what we are working for for Phase Four, Five, and Six, more than likely. It's mm -hmm. Uh, multiverse and timelines and i and think the biggest and the young avengers we just got another piece oh well, yeah we just got another piece oh, yeah. did we the, yo did the, we the, the young loki oh young, young loki. loki a young avenger no yeah. he's not a young avenger but it's a whole nother person in this young this youthful universe ah uh, i got you I mean, but that could also just be a young version of like, just like how the little girl Loki, uh, Sylvie, young Sylvie was was pulled when she was a child. So I, I get, I get what you're saying. Um, I want that alligator Loki to have his own. Yeah, <laughs> he, he's good. Honestly, I'm, I was also really, really excited. I, this whole episode, I was pretty like, I don't know, I don't know. Like I, I, I liked what was happening and stuff, but I've never felt like a big pop of interest for the whole series but the end in credits thing for this episode i was like i i, I was like <laughs> what happened <laughs> Out of hey, that was almost peewee level laughing because dude that was nuts at the end like seeing this classic loki in there that's crazy which was played by richard e grant i don't yeah. know if anybody recognized yeah that's, that was general pride yeah yeah it's great great actor right there I had my exciting moment when Loki's memory trap was him cutting Sif's hair because that's one of the myths that he does is he chops off all of Sif's hair and I was like, oh my god, he cut her! <laughs> I was like, oh, it's a myth! <laughs> right there, this is great. I mean, it didn't quite go like that, but still, it was great. <laughs> it's, it's a reference. It's a reference. Mm -hmm. See, I, I really loved the, the little introduction to this alternate Asgard where Sylvie was just a child playing with toys was really cool and showing that she escaped from Ravona Renslayer when she was just a um like a stormtrooper basically <laughs> whatever yeah. they call the those people it's interesting because it's almost like they let her get away like she didn't do anything to try to stop her and Almost like that was part of the plan. Like they needed her to do that. Mm -hmm. And then for someone that fucked up so royally, like right in front of a judge, to then be appointed to a judge herself, that's yeah. either like a massive case of failing upwards, or there's more to that story that we don't know about yet, which I think we're going to find out because yeah. that's how the episode ends. But yeah. the part I wanted to focus on just briefly is what are we seeing or what exactly is it saying when the two Lokis, well, Loki and Sylvie 
basically touch hands and accept their fate in like the Toy Story three moment. And one too, awesome. And and that combination of them like just caring for each other, falling in love with each other, sprouted a Nexus event that almost broke reality. Almost. Mobius explained it. It, I don't think it's that. I think that... Uh, not a red herring. I don't know what it is. I don't think it's that they fell in love with each other. It's not. I think it's two Lokis that realized they didn't want to be alone. I think that's what it is. I think it's them facing their death. Because when you're facing your death, you go through and you're like, man, it was stupid of me to think that way. I think it's that these two Lokis now don't want to be alone. They want to build, build friendships. They want to be better. I think. I think this is it's, actually both of them realizing I could be better. I do want to be better. I don't want to be alone. I don't want to betray anybody. And that's why Loki, when he gets back to the TVA, he's completely different with Mobius. Because he's but he lying. Yeah, the, at first he's at first he's like OG Loki still saying stupid lies that are the most transparent thing possible. But then But when he gets through. alone with Mobius, he's not. Oh, no, no, he lies he, at first. No, he still does. He is like, up until times. the point that, yeah, until Mobius says, well, we've killed Sylvie. Okay, all right, fine. But I still <laughs> think it's that he doesn't. I still think, I feel, I think them falling in love with each other is a red herring. I don't think they actually fall in love with each other. I think it's more than that. But mainly because I think there's something more than just falling in love with somebody, though. So when it when it comes to relationships especially since it's yeah. it's him falling in love with another version of himself is so pure narcissism you know like no i'm i'm well, for no, that. that's I, that's the thing i i think i think that they quote unquote fell in love with each other or realized that they care for each other and when you have two people who are destined to be alone with each other now falling for themselves that creates utter chaos like but that is also still being alone it's themselves it's like they know. are the same they person. We're looking alone. at this. Yeah. We're looking at this a little too literally, and maybe I'm projecting here because I want this to be true, and it means something to my life. But I'm thinking that this is Loki accepting himself because he was a self-loather this whole time, and he was doing all these things because he just couldn't deal with like his position, his place in life, and this is him coming to terms with that and realizing that just because he's a bad guy, that doesn't mean he has to be bad guy. Bad guy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's what I'm trying to say. And, and that's you, what breaks the reality because he's breaking the mold that he was like stereotyped to be in for existence. That's why you get that Nexus event that sprouts almost like vertically instead of the other ones, which are like these little like twisty curves. This is like, nope, that's not supposed to be like absolutely what happens. <laughs> these are not supposed to have self realizations. They're yes. not supposed to. <laughs> he's not supposed exactly. to grow as a person. He should be this petty little like mischievous like scamp well, this whole time. I mean, I get that, but then why, how are they going to explain away the fact that there was no Nexus event when he stood up to Thanos and got killed? Because that in was the movies. Because that and was supposed to I happen. But if, if the whole point is that he's he not supposed to have self-realization, how is true self-sacrifice not self-realization and causing the same yeah. Nexus event? That's also self-sacrifice. His, his line ended there. There was no branch because there's no going forward from that for him. That that could be the possible thing for that. And also, if if he saves the people of Asgard, he becomes the hero. So he and he knows that. Yeah, it's <laughs> but there are no people left to save. At that point, there's still people left. To there's save. just Thor. <laughs> well, we still had the many Asgard on on that island in Scott. Was it Scott? Well, no, it wasn't to that part yet. But yes, it's like Norway. Yeah, but like you still got that people did survive. Yes. I don't know how. Yeah, yeah I don't you, know. you have like. They, you had like one Summerton, California's worth of people, or one one Winter Haven, California's <laughs> worth of people. It's it's implied that people escape the ship, like, and Thanos always let before the snapping. Um, he would leave half the survivors. So, like, yep, Valkyrie half, probably half. took a, a bunch. But, but did they did he kill half the survivors on the ship, and then after the snap, like half of those survivors also got snapped away? <laughs> like that sucks. Yeah, it's <laughs> yeah. getting taxed. I mean, after uh, getting taxed. And I have I have a hard time with with that assessment, John, since it, it, there was all that stuff about Gamora. You know, half of Gamora's population being alive, but then in Guardians of the Galaxy, it says she's the last of her they, kind. They they've acknowledged that that was a a continuity error. So that's probably something that was written later that they didn't go back and check on. 
I want I want to be the I want to be a person who works at Marvel and gets to pitch the idea that we that we are going to release entirely separate versions of these movies that have those things corrected and in the background of like the first Avengers you're going to see Smart Hulk walking around like looking around a building at that past Dumb Hulk like oh god like I, I want to I want to pitch selling these Blu-rays that have all of the new stuff put into it visually. Well, funny thing that you bring that up because there's uh, they, with Disney Plus they don't have to do that anymore as we got with uh, WandaVision. So as we learned this past week if you go back and watch WandaVision the last episode now the the after credit scene where they're zooming in on the uh, cabin that she's staying at has changed. They, they got rid of certain there they added more trees and got rid of birds. Yeah. Uh, and because of that, like one of the digital artists that was working on it accidentally left a like remnants of a shadow in the in the on the the foreground kind of thing, mm-hmm. which people were suspecting were suspecting that it was uh is supposed to be Doctor Strange like flying in to come meet Wanda, but uh you never actually see the person. I think it was a spe- another special effects artist that came in and was like, nah, this was a mistake. This wasn't supposed to be here. <laughs> like, this is a remnant of something else. With this, like, no, I, I think just it was gaslighting intentional. everybody. Yeah. I mean, it <laughs> yes. could be. Yes, they're constantly gaslighting us. That's kind of the whole point of this. I think I think it was intentional. I think I said in our texts about it, I was like, no, it's someone at Marvel going to their, like, buddy next door being like, hey, hey, you want you want to see me mess? <laughs> With a bunch of nerds right now. <laughs> <laughs> I want to see what happens when I just leave this in here. <laughs> I know I it looks like that. that. <laughs> It'll work. Honestly, I just, just I just find it funny that someone was going around rewatching WandaVision. Like just <laughs> like I'm gonna go check this out again. I mean, to me, that is the ultimate in uh, utilizing crowdsourcing for your next material. Is like if we just leave like slight vague things in here, what does the crowd want to see? <laughs> Like, give us the ideas, oh, internet. Like, <laughs> do half of our work for us. <laughs> they'll do that. Disney will occasionally do that. They'll spread rumors to see how people react to those rumors. It's free focus And testing. decide from there where they're going to go. This, this is yeah. just the next level of that. Like, because now you're subliminally doing it to a certain extent. <laughs> they did that recently when they announced that um, Dave Filoni was moved up to, like, executive creative director of Lucasfilm. And... Yeah fans reacted positively to that and then the atlantic came out with an article about how kathleen kennedy mismanaged star wars but feloni can save it or something like that mm-hmm. so dumb I mean, yeah you know they also did it recently with uh releasing a a uh sneak trait sneak peek trailer of uh labyrinth 2 the daughter of oh i Jared. know yeah i forget what that one was that was crazy that was great yeah i don't know <laughs> Like I I I've, I've been trying to find it again to see that one. I I don't know where it is now. I'm sure if you just type it, it in, probably it came out too early. They have to pull it because they mm-hmm. weren't ready yet. Yeah, Mitch, did we did we post that on Geekly? We, we did. You could totally find it on any one of our Geekly social media accounts. Right around the beginning so. of April. <laughs> yeah, right around the beginning. The very beginning of April. All right, so anything else with this particular episode, like the whole Sylvie keeping Ravona alive and the, specifically asking about, like, why was I a variant? Like, I at first, it seemed like she already knew why she was a variant just because she chose to have a female body. But now she is asking, and Ravona's like, I don't remember. So the show is making it to be a bigger point. I think it's a trans allegory to a certain degree, and I like it a lot. I want that. Yes. I mean that's that's fair, but I don't know why add in that extra dialogue. It should have been kept at just being what Sylvie said. I agree. My other piece is I found it very interesting to watch the difference in realization of reality between D twenty and B fifteen, mm-hmm. both of whom were enchanted by Sylvie, both and, of whom were shown memories that they had, and C twenty obviously kind of lashed out didn't take it well and then b15 was much more calculated like i'm not losing my mind i know i'm not losing my mind i'm 
but I don't know what the answer is. So I'm yeah. going to stay quiet till I can find the answer. That was the scene. You don't see her memories and it's in the rain, but you can tell the devastation on her face as she goes through her memories. That's the scene that made me cry. Like I was yeah. like, oh my God, like that was so Oh, well done. She's so beautifully she's well a, done. She's a great actress. One of the things that yeah. I saw before the episode, which wasn't a spoiler, and I was so thankful for that, was uh, someone just saying that that actress did a lot with a little in this episode. Oh, yeah. yeah, no, it, it definitely shows why they hired that actress, who I I think after being in uh, Lovecraft Country and his house on Netflix, like... Like I wouldn't this this role up into this episode was very small for her, and I was like I I didn't understand why she had taken it on, but you get to this episode and you're like oh, oh okay I see why, I mean other than a paycheck, I mean that that always yeah. helps, yeah, <laughs> Paycheck paychecks are always beneficial, um but yeah that was and then got mine that's all I've got. Anybody else? Any any other significant parts, Jessica? Um. Not necessarily a significant part. I do wish that whoever choreographed the fight scenes for Falcon and Winter Soldier did the fight scenes in this show, too. Because they're okay. Dude, <laughs> like the, the fights are okay. You know, and I would say, and not to poo-poo on it, I don't think it's the 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 choreographer that was bad. I think it's the editing and the filming of them. Okay, yep. right. Then that. I, it's like there's just something that's just missing yes from here to so. there yeah, yeah. there's it's, a lot of shaky camera work which i don't like in a fight scene and there's just i don't know and i couldn't lot. tell that um did um oh, i can't remember the officer's name not c50 but Was it lo- lo- long hair short hair short hair okay um the, the, the raining the rain crying scene um did she get um zapped too whatever they call it i don't remember i she, was, she wasn't <laughs> She had to. I don't she wasn't in the room her. afterwards. Yeah, I remember Ramona she fell got down. Mm. Yeah. Ah. Okay. So I. I hope they're all together in that other Loki world. <laughs> I, I'm gonna bet they each get their own. There's just a world of Owen Wilsons, and there's a <laughs> world of wow. It's just wow. <laughs> John, I anything do... else? Oh, sorry, Jessica. Sorry. I do I do like that Owen Owen Wilson's Mobius did say I probably owned a jet ski because yeah. I don't I don't know if y'all actually listened to my little clip from last week when I couldn't be in the episode, but my theory was that Mobius did own a jet ski <laughs> in the past and that's why he wanted one so much. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like it comes No, definitely. Also definitely. I, I'm shocked that they didn't bring up the reason that jet skis got accepted widely like the thing that caused jet skis to be so cool when they talked about jet skis it's because of james bond it it seems like it would have just fit boop, right into that to, to for him to mention that in the kind of dialogue that they had but whatever <laughs> <laughs> well, tomorrow never dies was in the 90s there you go there you go it's true it was oh yeah it was yes yeah 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 yeah. i'm seeing i get it confused with another one john any any last thoughts um i'd like to think that somewhere in our multiverse there's a lady john and uh that makes me smile the john they have have women's bathrooms in plenty of places (laughs) (laughs) lady john wow (laughs) john i actually i'm curious i'd like to think Good. As a, I'd like to think she goes as Jonatella. <laughs> uh, John, I I was curious. Were you watching the faces of the timekeepers really close to go with the theory that you had kind of like thrown thrown your coin behind? Um, I was, and I was very disappointed. But one of them did look like Wilford Brimley. <laughs> <laughs> the mustache. <laughs> <laughs> You know, I, when they were talking to the timekeepers, like, at first I thought, damn, the CGI on this is not great. But then when they cut off the head and it ends up being animatronics, I was like, ah, I get it. It's because of my fear of animatronics that I was not okay <laughs> with the way they looked. Because <laughs> it definitely looks like the animatronics at Disneyland. <laughs> so, that's uh, this is my thought on that. <laughs> 
Uh, Loki's giving Mitch nightmares. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> so as we learned, it is the, the friendships that you made along the way <laughs> that are made the most, but the friendship you make with yourself is the most important. Honestly, no, this, this is right. honestly 100% true. You need to be your best self before you can be good to anyone else. Like, be, be good to you to be able to be good to others and to be your best self. That's, there you that's, go. that's wrong. There you go. Um, if you want to talk to me and find out more things that I have to say about Loki, you can find me on Twitter. I'm at Mitchipedia GEM. GEM stands for Geek Elite Media. Stephen, where can people find you online? You can find me all across the internet as some version of Peppermint Gentleman. On Twitter, that's Peppermint Gent for short. But come check out some of the stuff that I posted on my website. That's PeppermintGentleman.com. Jessica, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter as JM Bailey writes. And John? Uh, you can contact me on Twitter at Magic Bollocks. Let's talk about self-love. <laughs> and Elizabeth? You can find me with the rest of Geek Elite Media at Geek Elite Media and our Facebook page forward slash Geek Elite Media. Also go to our website, geekelitemedia.com for archived episodes of this podcast and other podcasts on our network. Check out our Patreon page, patreon.com slash geekelitemedia. You can get exclusive material that only our patrons have access to. And whatever podcatcher you use to listen to us, please rate and review us. It helps spread the word of our network. But until next time, this is the Geeks Watch on the Geek Elite Media Network saying always remember to geek out. This concludes our broadcast. Peace.